Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is The Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another wonderful episode. Today, I have uh, the pleasure to go again in the B Corp area. And then now we are going to Europe. And today we have the representative of uh, the movement in Portugal, Luis Amado. Thank you so much, Luis, for being here. Good morning, Samuel. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Luis. You are at the forefront of the movement in, uh, in Europe and especially in Portugal. It's really interesting to see how the movement is getting traction, especially in this area. But before talking about the better business, let us talk about your journey, the sustainability journey of Luis. I should say upfront that I'm happily married and in, in father of four. And that is something that uh, supports my purpose of being in this challenge. That's one of the things that get me out of bed every day, thinking how I can contribute at least as decent as I would say three or four years ago, because the last years have not been so good. Uh, a word like that for my kids in the future and for every other kids that are there. What have I done so far until I arrived to this challenge? Well, like I was saying, not a linear path. Um, I did a degree in biotech, a PhD in plant genetics, uh, worked for 15 years in biotech startups until I realized that to work in biotech startups in Portugal was not easy because we arrived six years ahead of what was predicted to our milestones and there was no money for the next steps. So I was a bit frustrated and the, the, the choice was going abroad or staying. I decided to stay due to family reasons, grandparents that were really close, that were getting old. And so other younger people already away. So me and my wife decided to stay. And I switched gears a bit to what I was regarding as a relevant thing for me, that is sustainability in the sense that how can we do more with less so we all could live in this lovely small planet that is called Earth. So my change of path was done through renewable energies because biotech had something to do with biogas and a few other things. So I did consultancy in energy sector and start supporting some projects in, in gas area during three to four years. And at the same time, I was doing a course from INSEAD in social entrepreneurship. I, all my life, I was doing volunteering services in, in, in different NGOs. And when you go through the sustainability path, those things also cross your, your way. And so that's why I figured out that course. It was a, a funny story because first time I could not attend it. And the second time I was going to have a surgery and then surgery was delayed, but I forgot about the course. And the people that were organizing told me, you can come this year. And I said, oh, in fact, I can because the, the surgery was delayed. So I arrived there and that created like a door for a, um, a new area in, in my the professional life. Because what I realized during that course was that me that was more of, of from the, the management side had different skills from the most of the people that were there from the NGO side. And so after hours, after my energy consultation, I was doing pro bono consultation for them in terms of putting up business plans, supporting their communications, the strategy, etc. And that led me that uh, 
to be challenged uh, a couple of years after to go to EDP Foundation, that is one of the biggest foundations in, in Portugal from the electric company, to support the, the creation of social business. Okay. So I could use my expertise from the startups in, in the sector that I, I also love, that was the social one. And funnily enough, uh, complete, completely unexpectedly, after being there for a week, I was invited to be part of the, the board from REN, that is the, the grid, the electric grid owner of the, the, of the Portuguese electric grid, that is one of the top 20 companies in the country. Um, that was a surprise just because someone figured out I had the, the, the required profile to, to be there. So I, it was an, an interesting time in which I was in two different companies. Everybody was finding it very strange, and especially because the roles were completely different. I was supporting social business in one side and in the top executive board on, on the other side. Um, but that's, that's, that's me, if you can say. I'm kind of a chameleon. I can be very plastic. So I was feeling comfortable in those two roles without any, any problem. And in, in the middle of this, and with four kids, I was challenged by someone from the, the, the NGO world that, is going, that was going to do an, an MBA to join her. No, he, he was like four, six or even more months Always speaking, you have to come, you have to come, you have to come. I said, no, 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 I won't, I won't, I won't. And then at the end, the, the two persons I thought would be most, most reluctant to that, that is my wife and, and that was going to have uh, uh, to support the burden while I was in the MBA. And my father, because he was a bit, I thought he would be a bit skeptical about it. They, do, they both told me, no, no, go and do it. Otherwise, you'll always say that you should have done it and you're not. So I did my MBA. And after the MBA, you start thinking what I'm going to do. And someone that knew me for a while challenged me to, do you want to pick the, the big corp movement in Portugal? And I said, well, after being at EDP Foundation and what I've seen, that is my face, if you can say so. That's the, the thing that is completely aligned to the way I think business should act uh, to support the society and create a better world. And that's how I arrived into, into this movement. So you can see the many paths that have been opened, I mean, uh, in, in your life. And I really like the movement from plant and PhD, then MBA, and then moving to the B Corp. And then you mentioned it's really the sustainability, you know, the foundation, the NGOs, the work already, the social and the part. And then I think you, you, you met the naturally, the, this, the B Corp movement as a natural, let us say, arrival point for your way and then a new, a new path. So I can say why and how? The, the B Corp movement. What have you seen? What and why it, do you think is, is so important? Yeah, I'm glad you 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 mentioned that question because I was thinking I forget to, to mention that while I was at TDP Foundation, I came across the B Corp movement because we were financing projects that would, would have a social impact. But um, we will never know what will happen a few years afterwards. So we, I felt the need to identify tools that would allow us to track those business in the future in terms of how aligned they were with the impact they said they would create initially. And so that's how I, I came across the B Corp tools and the B Corp movement at that time. They would not fit perfectly in the structure where I was at the moment. So their development, they even entered Portugal through a different path. They entered in, 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 with an institute called Institute de Innovação Social, so the Social Innovation Institute that was that exists in Portugal, that was the entry point for the court movement in Portugal. And people that brought the, the movement to that institute were the ones that challenged me a couple of years after when they decided it should become independent from, 
from the institute. And for me, it was pretty obvious about after my experience at TDP Foundation and with the NGOs that uh, companies would be the most powerful force to change the, the world for good. Uh, NGOs can try to do their best, but they, they are always limited. If you have a company with a foundation, it can do something, but if the company is doing something and the foundation is doing something else, it's difficult to communicate in an aligned way. It's difficult to defend the brand because sometimes things seem not to work as good. So in fact, if you have a tool that allows you to be aligned in everything you do uh, towards the same goal, towards creating the same impact, that would be for me ideally and also very impactful. And that, that is the best way, I think the stronger way to make things change. And so I figured out the Big Corp movement was that ecosystem, the, the know-how was there, the tools were there, the examples were there. Wonderful. Thank you, Luis. And, and I really see how you, you've reached there and the importance. And, you know, I want to ask you, from your experience, now you have been in the movement and you are spreading the movement in, in Portugal and also at the European level. Can you tell us a bit, what is the situation in Portugal? I mean, and... Uh, how do you see as well the movement in your country and how is it being received? Well, being a scientist by training, it's, it's funny to, to see the, the patterns of, that we see in science, in, in, even now in COVID, in, in the growth of the, the, the organisms also happening in the growth of the movement. And what we have been experiencing now is after a few years in which everyone was thinking it was interesting, but not yet there. So like the warming up then becomes the exponential phase. And we are presently living an exponential phase in Europe and in Portugal. That has been a, a huge challenge for us in terms of growth because the demanding is, is growing very highly because there are pressures from different sides, from the consumers that want to, to know how the companies behave before they buy anything, even between peer companies that relate to each other that want to know who the suppliers are and how they behave. And also from the governments, European Union has done a lot of public consultation about the reporting of non-financial data from the different companies. Those companies are owned by investment funds that then need to report and ask companies to report that so they can report to their investors and, and to the authorities that, that put the money in, in those funds. And so there is a lot of pressure within the ecosystem, if you can say so. I, I spoke recently with some law firms that are working and I saw that they were already interested in these areas. And they said, well, our clients ask us, what is our policy regarding whatever sustainability ESG impact, whatever they call it. And I think that is the key challenge we live at the moment. That is, there is a global concern, but sometimes people are speaking about different things and calling it different names. So I always try to, to protect myself using the word impact. That is something that we can measure using our B impact assessment tool because sometimes we have ESG and sustainability being perceived as different things, um, namely ESG being too focused on my view in compliance. That allows cases like we have the, the, the Philip Morris company that can have a strong and very professional behavior, but it is difficult to imagine that is the company that can create a very good impact. And if we go and check, they are in the top of some rankings. And it's difficult to understand that if we take into consideration the overall impact and not only the compliance regarding the ESG issues that are difficult to compare because in fact, we don't have some people, sometimes people ask me, oh, let's use some ESG uh, recognized indicators. Well, and so tell me what they are because I don't know 
which one they are. There are a lot of frameworks regarding ESG, but then each one creates uh, their own indicators based on, on those uh, ESGs. And then we have the best of each street, but we cannot compare the different streets. They are best of my street, but that, the other street has different tools, so I cannot compare with the other one. And I think we are arriving at this stage in, into a challenge in which the issue is very hot, but we don't have yet the tools to deal with that in a harmonized way in which we could all be speaking about the same issues and measuring the same things. And I think that's the challenge that we have presently and for the next couple of years is how we are going to measure, report, communicate, interact based on, on uh, available information that is comparable um, in a fair way. And, and that's where I think the, the B Corp movement have, could have a, a strong role to play. Of course, there are also, also other players taking moves, but we have like decades of experience of companies using these tools and we are trying to share them with governments, with everyone that is responsible for creating this kind of frameworks and rules. Because in fact, we are an NGO. So we led that rules the B Corp movement is an NGO. So people sometimes ask me, so what happens if everyone becomes a B Corp? And I said, well, we will be very happy because we have done our job. We have no shareholders that will be unhappy because they're not, they don't have the company anymore. No, we are not a company. So if we don't have a job anymore, we are happy. It's not like a company in which the shareholders will be very sad. No, our mission is accomplished and we will be all very happy. That's basically sometimes the difference of the approaches from different institutions. Before going a bit deeper and asking about the B Corp and some impact stories and especially a bit more about Portugal and Europe, you said we are now in an acceleration point, you know, as you said, the, and it is finally now taking good traction. And, you know, I want to ask you a question that is, is linked to what you just said. Can be the impact assessment, the tool for the future, for having a standard tool to measure the impact of businesses? I hope so. I usually use an image that is the, the wave about impact, ESC, sustainability, whatever we want to call it, is there. The challenge is which is the surfboard that we are going to use to surf that wave. And I hope that board can be the impact assessment. We have been working on it since over a decade, adapting it every three years or constantly, but new releases every three years to be more according to to the new demands and new things that we regard as, as relevant. And we are still doing that, trying to be the, the standard tool. Or interacting with the others in the market, like fair trade, to have the same criteria as they have for the supply chain, but with the impact assessment, the broader tool, with GRI, that tells you how to report and align with them so people can understand how they can use the impact assessment and then use that information to report according to GRI guidelines. All those partnerships also have been important to create a more solid tool and that encompasses every other thing that has been done so far. Of course, it's difficult to, I'm saying every other, but it's, it's difficult to, when things are, are happening so fast, but the most relevant ones we try to, to accommodate all in this big umbrella in which the aim is to measure the impact that companies cause the, the best way we can, not leaving anything behind. That, uh, because I think that that's the challenge, is not leaving anything behind and being fair, meaning that, okay, we want to measure everything, not only the good things, but also open doors so that we can pick all the good things and not leave anyone behind, not leave some of those good things behind. 
thank you, Luis. I really like the image that you use. I think it will be one of the core uh, citation from the episode because I really like we have this wave of impact and then the surfboard, we really hope that is the impact assessment for its holistic nature. And now I want, since you have a long experience helping companies, especially in Europe, I want to ask to share some stories. If you can share some one or two stories from your experience of impact and also how the certification and really helped these companies to unlock the benefits uh, of the certification. There, there are a lot of, of lovely stories and it's one of the rewarding things I've been living is coming across so many exciting companies. And since I'm based in Portugal, I'm trying to focus on two examples that happened more closely to me than if we have time can go to some other. One of them that is on one extreme of the use of the tool was someone calling me saying, Luis, I'm going to be a, a pending B Corp, that's the status we have for the companies that had less than 12 months of operations, because I did all my business plan based on the B Impact Assessment. So a company was created using the B Impact Assessment as a tool. So if someone suddenly calls me, for me, there was a, a huge surprise. And, and I was really happy that someone started thinking about a business already using the impact assessment as a guidance for the, the, the setup of the business plan. So this shows that the tool is very broad in terms of who can use them from very small companies to very big companies. Okay. So I'm now going to use an example from a bigger company that the we have, like, like you know, in Portugal, a lot of wine companies. We have a, a wine, a port wine, not only port wine, but started by being a port wine company. Now they have a lot of different wines. And that is family-owned for several generations. And I had a call from someone saying, Luis, I'm not the, from the generation that is now at the top, but I think this is the way to go. The B-Impact Assessment, the B-Corp way is the way to go. I need your help to sell the idea inside the company. They said, okay, let's do it. What do you need from me? I need you to go to the board meeting. Okay, I'm glad to go to the board meeting. So I spent a full day at the board meeting here, all the, the things that they were already doing about in different areas um, and had ending with a, a port wine tasting at the end. And two weeks after, well, I, I presented my ideas and the way I, I saw things evolving and what were the, the, the role that the B Corp tools would have. And two weeks after, that person called me saying, Luis, then we are going to enter the process to, to become a B Corp. Presently, they have the, the B Corp logo in their labels and people tell me, Luis, I feel so good drinking their wine because I do feel that I'm contributing to some higher purpose. I have people visiting their vineyards. They have some tourism facilities in which they serve meals and people can sleep there and people go there and then tell me, Luis, I was so amazed because people that were serving me were talking to me about the B Corp movement and the fact that how proud they are of becoming, a, of being a B Corp company. They, they used the, the impact assessment to create objectives in the different areas like environment, uh, etc., and have that on their website saying, okay, the next steps we want to do for the next year are these so completely being transparent and uh, able to be measured by everyone about the path they are taking and that was created based on the 
the, the, the the impact assessment tool and the fact that they become a B Corp. Even hired some people to be more supportive to all these activities that they identified as while, while using the, the B impact assessment tool. Wow, I mean, these are wonderful story, and I particularly like the one. The two, the first one, a small story, and then a, and then really creating the business plan on the BIMPAT assessment. It's really impressive. And also the story of a long traditional uh, winemakers and portman. Now that they have really unlocked the benefits and people are already coming to discuss this on to you and seeing the benefits. Just, just said, let me have a, a thing that I think might be interesting. That is something that we, we have not been spoken, but is underlying everything else. And sometimes, and sometimes no, most of the times is very relevant. That is the fact that there is behind the, the, the companies, these companies, there is a strong purpose. They need to know exactly what they want to do. And this wine company, uh, they are at Douro Valley that is the region in Portugal in which they have their vineyards. And from the initial days, I was speaking on them saying, your business is not about doing wine. It's about preserving that region. Because if that region disappears, there is no more business for you. And they were a bit surprised at, at the time. But then they incorporated that afterwards into their mission state. Uh, so... The same with a lot of companies. It's difficult to do a big impact assessment, so measuring your impact without knowing exactly what is the impact that you want to cause. So the tool also it makes people think about what my company exists for. Because I usually get a lot of times the answer to generate money. And I said, okay, so your company is exactly like every other one. No, 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 my company is different. So explain me why. What is exactly the impact you want to cause? And this is the interesting thing. And there are companies in the B Corp universe that started to address purposes that we sometimes think should be dealt by NGOs. The chocolate, uh, the chocolate uh, brand that is leader in the Netherlands was created by someone that wanted to end slavery in cocoa plantations. And that's how, why they started the company. And they have everything aligned according to that. It's a lovely story that if you want to, to explore, it, it's very interesting. Wonderful. It's really the, the beauty of the B Corp movement, really people that they want to make an impact. It's not just the business, but seeing also what was called externality now is becoming inside the, the world. So, you know, it's really going beyond the shareholder coming to the stakeholder and the broader stakeholder. And the environment is one of them, or in the case of chocolate as well, also the supply chain. I think you touched one of the key points. That is the externalities that companies were buying year after year for free. So we are consuming the, the resources of next generations without paying for them, etc. That is the key thing about measuring impact is in incorporating all those externalities that were not being accounted in our usual accountancy systems. I think that is the, the main challenge that we have presently because sometimes people start discussing if it's if it, the price is high or low, and they should probably discuss if it's fair or not. Because if I buy a T-shirt by one euro, I'm exploiting someone. It's not possible for me in Europe to buy a T-shirt by one euro without being responsible for exploiting someone that was involved in the supply chain. And if we compare that with one that costs 10 or 15 euros, we would say, no, no, it's very expensive. But I think that's not that should not be the discussion. The discussion should be, is it the fair price? Is it accounting to all the externalities and all the stakeholders involved for this product to arrive to my place? Or am I exploring some others along the way? 
that is very very critical and uh, and i think that is a good question that we should ask more when we buy as consumer you know vote <laughs> vote every day i like the, the statement that you from the lab there you have done and then let me ask you the question now uh, that is i think of the current people how do you see the future of uh, this uh, movement you know i was talking for my research with another uh, b corp and uh, they told me this uh, sentence and then it was quite, I mean, revealful for me because they say there are just 5,000 B Corp in the entire planet. There are over 200 million businesses in the planet. How we can reverse that? I think we can reverse that by being the good example. You know, everyone wants to be like the people that are regarding as good examples. And we try to have those companies as the, the good examples so the others can follow. That's why we try to have the open tool so everyone can go and test where they are and learn with the, the previous experience by seeing that there are different options of doing things and even being able to quantify them because the different choices in the impact assessment give you different scores and you can understand how to evolve. And by trying to have a, a clear and transparent communication about the, the the way the process is done and also about what companies that are now big corps are doing every company has a, a file that is public in which everyone can go and check their score and what they are doing and go to their websites and if they are using plastics know exactly what is the plan about uh, to, to deal with those plastics and to to reduce the, the, the negative impact that they might have uh, and also of course in, in showing the, the, the positive impacts by the, the business models that are created um, and we are doing our best to, to increase the knowledge about this kind of business models, the tool that exists to promote the, the identification of that impact business model. And to be honest, this is exponential and it's going to be even more exponential because it's working like a network. Every company is an ambassador of the B Corp movement. So they are very powerful within their suppliers network. With the, whenever they speak about themselves, they probably mention the fact that they are a B Corp. And to, to, in my experience, for example, this company, this wine company I was telling you about, has been an amazing ambassador of the B Corp movement. Now I have a lot of companies on, on the wine industry that are willing to become a B Corp as well, because they are seen as leaders and, and the others want to follow them. Then we are arriving a bit to what we were speaking previously. Ideally, it would be an hygienic factor for every company to be in operations, to be impactful, because... To be honest, if a company does not create value, it's not, it does not have positive impact for the society as a whole and just only generates money for the shareholders, the society should be able to kill it. Otherwise, it's a suicide society because we are taking value away from the society. So then we can argue, okay, is your tool the appropriate one? That's, that's a discussion that we can have. But I think we as societies should have this kind of tool that would only allow companies in operation to be the ones that create value for the society as a whole, not only for some in that society that are exploiting the others and taking all the value uh, for themselves. So what I see evolving is, is that this growth would be promoted by this positioning of us as society. Like you are saying, when we are buying, but we, we need to be able and to be willing to change. What, what usually, I usually tell companies when they ask me, do you think I can become a big corp? And I always say, yes, if you have the will to change. That's the main thing, because the guidance is in the impact assessment. If you have the will to change, you can change, but you need to have the will. And sometimes it's not easy, even for ourselves, for myself. 
like you were saying a while ago, when I'm going to buy something, I always tend to think I want to buy the, the less expensive one. And maybe I'm, I'm too lazy to explore what is behind it. And, and what we see now is that the B is something that allows people to understand what is behind. And recently we saw um, in the UK uh, a shop that has only B Corps, only B Corp products. And people can go there and buy the things that they need based on the fact that they are supplied by B Corp companies. And there are supermarkets that have already B Corp shelves like they have bio products. It's an extra layer that encompasses the company as a whole and not only the supply chain or the, the production. Wonderful, Luis. I think that is a really clear message. For the last uh, question, because I mean, very rich, and then I, I really like, it is possible if you have the will to change. And this is a very powerful message to say. And I'm going to the message now. We have, you have discussed all, you have, you have built a strong case for the B Corp movement and why a company should become a B Corp. What is your last call for action? to our audience that is listening to, to us? Well, I would do it in two layers. One is that, like you were saying, we as consumers can have a very uh, relevant uh, role in, in changing things because if we don't buy things, the companies don't have revenues, they, they cannot pay their salaries. So we sometimes do not figure out that we as clients are the ones that are paying the salaries in the companies. So we can decide which are the companies that, that, that are going to be successful in the future by our act of consuming. And we are consumers, but some of us are also managers and have responsibilities in management of, of some companies. And, and for those, uh, my challenge is a bit according to what we were saying a while ago. Try to be fair and global on your analysis in, in the decision-making. And try not to buy things cheap, leaving aside a lot of externalities. I do challenge you to go and check the impact assessment and see what are the subjects that need to be addressed. Then you can decide, okay, it's not yet for me. Uh, I can do a few things here, a few things there. But you, you have a roadmap. You have a guidance of the things that you might be willing to look at. That is my... It, according to my experience, is one of the most valuable things about the being fact assessment is making companies think about areas that are usually left behind. And presently, that creates a lot of added value of, of competitiveness to the companies because the, the society, the consumers, the, the peers in business are asking more and more for that positioning. So my call to action is don't stay put. We need to be as fast as possible in changing our behavior in terms of the impact we are causing. Otherwise, it will be too late for having a decent planet in the future. So if we have the tools, if we have the capabilities, either as consumers or as managers or as parents, educating our kids or whatever, we should act as fast as possible. I know sometimes it's not easy. I know people sometimes tell me, oh, I would like to change, but what I would do I understand it's a new paradigm, but what I would do on Monday when I arrive to my office, and I always say, okay, go to the, to the impact assessment tool and check what the questions are there. If you have doubts, let me know. But if you have a guidance there for the issues that are relevant for measuring your impact and being able to manage it, because if you don't measure, you cannot manage, and to manage it according to your possibilities. We are not asking you to be a certified B Corp 
next week. It's a journey. We know it's a journey. But that journey is very valuable for every one of us, for the companies that are involved, for their suppliers, for their clients, for their workers. Everyone is, is gaining a lot uh, along that journey. So my call to action is come along and join us in this journey to become uh, a better company for the world. Thank you so much, Luis. It's wonderful and I really like your call for action. Let us hope many, many people they are thinking and moving towards that. Also, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful episode, Luis. And I'm sure maybe in the future we can uh, have again some discussions in the podcast to see how this call for action has been unfolded in Europe and especially in Portugal. Thank you so much, Luis, for having been here. I'm the one to thank you. Sure, Samuel, we'll have pleasure to discuss whenever you want. And thank you for being such a good ambassador of, of these relevant issues for, for all of us. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.